In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zeb pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started visit plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss Hello one and all and welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddo and wherever you are in the world, it's great to have you with us. We're back after a summer break and feeling better for it and I hope you're happy, healthy and well too. Today I'm joined by two fabulous authors who'll be going head to head in a war of the words a little later on. Now they are friends, but often when (laughs) two friends come together on Book Off, the gloves really come off. So let's see how it goes. My first guest is a TV and radio presenter, a podcaster, a best-selling children's author and an all-round lovely human. He can be heard every Saturday on BBC Radio 2 and seen all over the telly box, including ITV's This Morning, alongside Alison Hammond. His series of books about Toto the Ninja Cat are absolutely brilliant. I love them and have been translated into 16 languages. And his new book for kids, Wings of Glory, is just fab too. I'm, of course, talking about Dermot O'Leary. Welcome to Book Off, Dermot. What a lovely... God, can you do my funeral? That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think it's a bit of a shame one can't be at at one's own funeral? I mean, you should sort of have your funeral ahead of time, don't you? (laughs) Exactly. I mean... You know, you miss out on all the good stuff, don't you? No, we actually, my dad, my dad had his 80th and we, I went back to Ireland. And he, he, he went to his local pub and which is a lovely... Where, where was your dad from in Ireland? In Wexford, Cressida, yeah, right ah, in the south. Ah, ah. And, we, and his local pub, my dad doesn't drink, but he loves the, loves the, the camaraderie and the... And the, the crack. The yeah, crack. exactly, all of that. But they also have a really, he loves fish and he has a, have a really good... Um, like a lot of pubs in Ireland, they've got a rest- fish restaurant, it's, which kind of masquerades at a pub, masquerades at a restaurant. So, and so we we booked it out. Even though he goes there three nights a week, he still wanted his birthday there. So we we booked it out, and we had this really lovely evening where I did a speech. My sister did a speech. Three of his uh, sisters and his friends did the speeches. And, and one of his friends came up to me at the end. He went, he said that was so lovely because you know he's eighty and it's very it's, you know it's a fit and healthy eighty year old Touchwood, but. He said, "It's this is the sort of thing you normally just hear at someone's funeral. For, so to someone to come up and actually just say lovely things about someone who has lived a long and happy yeah. life. Yeah. It was, and it was a really nice, really lovely night because of that. I, yeah, I, 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 it was very special. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because people do need to hear that. It's like one of, one of our favourite family movies. Is, we're going so off track, Dermot, already. <laughs> <laughs> one of our favourite 
favourite family movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And it's because it's that thing, you know, people don't normally have that time to stand back and see what effect, how, how much their lives have, have touched other people's lives. And it's really important. Actually, there's a TV show in that, isn't there, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> you should pitch it. This is your life. Maybe we miss. This is your life. He's got the pen out. He's just making a note. This is very good. That's fifteen percent to you, Cressida, if it gets uh, commissioned. Um, Cressida, I haven't even done your introduction yet. I mean, I feel like I've got a lot to live up to now. <laughs> I feel like this is this has got to be funeral level. I'm not sure I wrote it quite right. Let's see how I do. Deep breath. And my second guest, who you've already heard from there, is the number one best-selling author and illustrator of the How to Train Your Dragon series, which celebrated its 20th anniversary earlier this year. And also the Wizards of Want series and many, many other books. She sold millions of them around the world in 42 languages, and many have been adapted for the screen, as well as being a trustee of World Book Day, a patron of Read for Good, and an ambassador for the National Literacy Trust and the Woodland Trust, which I absolutely love. She was also Children's Laureate from 2019 to 2022. She's here to tell us about her latest children's book, Which Way Around the Galaxy? It is, of course, Cressida Cowell, MBE. Hello to you. Hello. Hi. I hope that lived up, Cressida, to... Yeah, OK, we're done. If I didn't know you, I'd be impressed. (laughs) That was kind of a victory. You sit down with a broadsheet and go, blind. (laughs) (laughs) The calibre of guests on this show, I tell you, it's just, it's getting better and better. <laughs> That's what you'd think. I think I'd be a bit intimidated to meet me. <laughs> so you obviously have, I don't need to do official introductions, do I? Because you've you've met over the years, you know each other, your well, fellow I authors. I have to say that Christina is, is as close to a mentor as I have when it comes to writing. I mean, there's no one who's... There's no one who's given me more of their time and their patience and uh, and and the warmth and it's it's you know I've always found it since I started writing kids books to be actually a lovely collegiate um, kind of industry and and community. But Cressida stands apart as someone who's just from the from the very outset has welcomed me in and 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 then helped me kind of you know, navigate my way around it. And it's just I you know I, I my I mean, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, the book off. She can have the book off. I, <laughs> we can finish this now. Um, you know, I, don't, I owe a great debt to Cressida. And she's been a very good friend to me. Oh, that's so nice. Um, that's so I mean. lovely. Well, you're just a wonderful person and, a you know, genuinely... You're genuinely, genuinely embracing the children's book world. You're a writer. You're writing. You enjoy the writing. You care about what you're writing. You can tell. You can really tell that you care about the writing. You care about what, you, and that uh, and that is just so important. You know, mm. you, you you've entered into it, you know, with everything, um, and that, that shows in the books. And you know, so I'm delighted. I think it is a, I think it is a very welcoming world. I hope it is, um, and we we need. You know, we're all we all feel that we're we're in it together. In the sense, is <laughs> that we're we're trying to get these kids reading you know we we all love films and telly i mean i love them i've had amazing films made out of my books but um books are a very special medium and that medium you know we need to get all these kids reading um reading is magic is what i always say and magic is for everyone 
Um, yeah. And so we're all in it together to, to reach as many po- children as possible and realize um, that, 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 that they should be reading for, for pleasure because they want to. Yeah. Well, ever since I've known you, Dermot, we've always talked about books. And very early on, I learned that you are a history buff and you loved historical fiction. And here we are with your very own children's book, which is historical fiction as well. So was this something that's been brewing for a little while because it's sort of marrying two of your passions here? I think so, yeah. I, I, I sort of, you know, when you first start out and you write your first book, it's it's more, well, can I do this? And then you, and it, which is many ways, people ask me what my favourite book is, and, and I don't really have one, but I, but my second book is in many ways my favourite because I, it just proved to myself I could do it again. <laughs> 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 when I first... When I first pitched the idea, I had an idea. And then they said, yes, uh, we like the sound of it. Why don't we do two books? And I remember walking out the meeting and remember just sort of shaking hands and going, love to do two books, love to do And walking out the meeting going, I don't have two books. I've just got one idea. What are you talking about? Um, so but as the world has kind of, as I've become more confident in writing and, and world creating, which is I think really what I enjoy is I mm. love creating the animal world, living kind of side by side. Um, to the human world, and then and then my sweet stop spot in history has always been World War II. I love the Victorian era as well, but it's always been World War Two because it's uh, not because of the, the kind of boys' own stuff. Even though when I was a kid, that was that was something that really intrigued me. But it was more um, for me. It's twofold. It's, it's tangible. It's so recent. So, so it's evolving. So different. Like and there's so many stories of human endeavor, and that you still you keep finding out. I remember I saw. Something last week they found a stash of swords from the Saxon era or something. I, I thought, God, they, they must be so elated because them, those finds must happen few and far between. So they must find out new mm. things. It's the great thing about being a, being a kind of an amateur historian and, and, a, and a, one of the afflicted, as, I, as, as uh, James Holland and Al Murray, a brilliant podcast, We Have Ways. Um, is you find about new stuff all the time. You can dip into different books, all that you find different stories. It's this it sort of brought out the worst in the world, brought out the best in people. And I love, I love ordinary people put in extraordinary circumstance. And that for me is what is what the backdrop of of, of, of the Second World War mm-hmm. uh, is. And then so when I was able to, and it's quite a fine line because it's not like Toto where I just use my imagination. I'm work, I'm dealing with things that actually happened. And yes, it's it's based around animals, and I, just the the press the the sort of basic premise is that unbeknownst to us, animals are fighting on our behalf. So I have a swift that uh, signed up for the to the Royal Bird Force to fight on the front line in the Battle of Britain. They're basically the RAF, but the RBF, the Royal Bird Force, and uh, he wants to fly with an elite squadron of peregrine falcons, who basically the Spitfire pilots, but they won't have him because he's not a peregrine. So. Uh, he ends up in a quite a raggle-taggle squadron with a magpie who steals everything in sight and an owl who won't get out of bed before eight in the evening. But he befriends one of the peregrines and they somehow change the face of the war, right? So that's a marvellous adventure story that I'm, you know, it's not for me to say it's marvellous, but I love writing. It's my, marvellous. Marvellous. Go adventure. on, say it! <laughs> Damn it, However, say it! When you're working with a historical <laughs> backdrop, you have to be respectful of that as well. So yeah, it's definitely something, I, something I, I, the, the, the history part of it. It's definitely something that I've um, I've been sensitive to. Yeah, because you've got to get that balance right, haven't you? Even though even though it's four kids and it's an adventure story, as you say, you're using a huge historical event, a very tragic event, and you need to sort of be respectful of that and and make sure they also are aware of all the things that 
went. Especially because it's kids, I think. You know, mm. I, I think yeah. it's so important for children to learn about history, good history and bad history, history they can be proud of, history they should be ashamed of, but without admiring them in any with any guilt. I mean, it, but it's important to get a well-rounded look at history. But and that, that sadly, in war involves not everyone's going to make it. And I, you know, so I had to, even though it's for seven, eight, nine, tens. But I remember... Um, reading with Casper and uh, my son, and is it um, is it Mog the the cat? Oh mm. yes, Mog, yeah. the one where Mog dies. Right now we're not oh, there my yet. Goodness, but we will. <laughs> I avoid that one. <laughs> what a brave book to write, you know? Yes, I, mean... I know. Don't read it to Casper. <laughs> we're going anywhere for now. We're very much still on the. We're all still on the like playing playing with with Nicky and whatever his name is, and then and eating fish stage at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So you should go to the very last one. Is that what you're saying, Krista? And then just start at the beginning again. No. Don't, don't do that. I, mean, I think I think the mug where 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 mug dies. If somebody dies close in the child's family, that might be a good book to. to yeah, but yeah, yeah, but it's a mind. Well, my point is, it's just the backdrop of something that you know we want to. You want to teach kids about history, and you know, set it around real historical events, and you know, and most of that is kind of I've read up on, and I, I had incredible access to a to a, a Battle of Britain pilot five years ago that um that I became very close to, his lovely man who's since obviously passed, mm-hmm. um, and his son. And so he's inspired one of the characters. And then James Holland's my friend, a historian, so I sent it to him and he, you know, he's kind of, that that didn't quite happen, but I think you can get away with that. And actually that's that's really nice. And so I've tried to sort of like teach kids, largely not so much about like the horrors of war, but just about the context of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's beautifully illustrated. I want to come back and talk about the illustrations in a bit um, and, and your sort of relationship there um, with your new illustrator, Claire. But Cressida, um, we, we go from World War Two with Dermot to um, a galaxy far, far away with your latest fiction. Um, this is Which Way Around the Galaxy. Could you just uh, tell us a little bit about this one for those that might not have got to it yet? Yes, I mean, my... My previous two series, which were um, How to Train Your Dragon and Wizards Once, were very inspired, like like you, uh, Dermot, by history. Um, by history, I agree with you about the Second World War, by the way, Dermot. I mean, I and I think there's something about it because, I mean, my grandfather thought he was a spy. Second, you know, so you feel it, like you can touch it and you know people who um, fought in it. But uh, you know, I'm fa- fascinated, like you, by history, um, and so both Vikings and you know, Vikings was um, How to Train a Dragon was getting children interested in the Viking era. Um, Wizards of Once was getting children interested in the Bronze Ages. This one was getting children interested in space and AI, <laughs> which is which was an adventure for me because I know a lot about history, but like you, Herbert, <laughs> with space and AI, I was although I loved Hitchhiker's Guide to a Galaxy as a kid, and this was an inspiration. Um, I was interested in making this feel real. I think it's, when you're writing fantasy for children, I'm always interested in making it feel real and and, and it becoming a jumping off point for the kid for, for getting interested in the subject. So I had to find out all about the latest um, in in uh, robot design, you know, what people think that, you know, where people, scientists really do think that there is life on other planets. Um, and it's just, it's so far away. 
um, that nobody, you know, nobody's ever been there. But they really, and they think, interestingly, that it would look a lot like um, life on this planet. So I had to look into the latest evolution. Anyway, it was fascinating. Um, so you're trying to do something which is a joyful, exciting adventure story. I'm trying to work, um, write books that um, are joyful uh, adventure stories, um, also interest children in a certain subject, in this case it was space and galaxies, and, um, but also tell a story about a family. So this is um, a, a story about a blended family, two sets of children which, who have been put together in a family and they have to work together uh, and this is the second in the series. In this case, they have to work together to take a magical creature that has got stuck on this world. And if anybody's watched Stranger Things, you'll know <laughs> why that's a bad idea. <laughs> and they have to work to take the magical creature back to its own world. And the magical creature is so cute. It's called Bug. Um, uh, but and and they use hoverboards and one of the kids has this incredible magical gift um uh that um of drawing the crossing points um between the worlds which um saves called which ways which saves so much time and money on space travel yeah um but so it's 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 an adventure story and it gets children interested and excited about science and space um but it's also a story about families it's about um, how families work, you know, and a lot of children are in that blended, blended family um, situation. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, it, 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 it tells a story that um, helps children. One, one of the sets of children, the, the, the mother has died. And I deal with it in a sort of, I hope, very sensitive way. But it's about um, the child moving on and, and knowing it's all right to be happy in the new family situation. I don't hope I'm not giving too much away. It's not very serious, but I try and present it in a joyful, exciting, you know, and make it look like a sweet, not a Brussels sprout and feel like a joyful story all at the same time. Yes, which you absolutely do. It's absolutely fab. Um, and one thing about the, the whole space, you know, mystery and Look, getting kids excited about it and sort of looking to the future is that recently I've I've read a lot about how space could be the answer to some of the um, you know climate problems here as well and how we're using we're going to use solar and space to fire back energy and get you know all this stuff stuff I can't evidently um, speak about because my brain isn't big enough but it's, <laughs> it's happening but this is um, why this is why we need to get these kids exactly reading. so exactly this is that. a huge thing you know. I, I, Getting kids reading develops their intelligence, their creativity, yeah. and their empathy. And these oh. are three key skills. We're going to need, you know, Einstein said, you know, um, if you want your kids to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. <laughs> That's, so good. That's a good quote, actually. We need to keep that one. That's so good. So we've got to get these kids reading, you know, not just, you know, so that they can go into the creative industries and be jobs like Dermot and mine, but also to be the scientists, the creative scientists, mm. the thinkers, the, you know, the imaginative, you know, it's really yeah. important that um, to get these kids reading. Absolutely agree. You're, you're spot on, as always, Cressida. Um, so I mentioned the wonderful illustrations in your new book. 
and um, I remember, because you know I love the Toto series, you know I do. We, we did an event together, you, me, and Nick East, who was the illustrator of those ones. And you're working with a different illustrator, Claire Powell. Um, how, how does that sort of collaborative relationship work? And, and do you love that you've got that sort of other person to, you know, bring your ideas to life? I mean, firstly, um, I'm not blessed with the drawing gene. <laughs> if you ask me to draw, you ask me to draw a car now and a car when I was that age. <laughs> a photo like of a two-year-old. <laughs> um, so I've always thought. So it's a, it's a very important. Um, intimate almost relationship you have to have with him. I never understand how, so when I first got to know Nick East, he said, this is quite unusual for me to talk to you this much. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, normally I just get words and I have to do uh, illustrations. I said, well, you don't speak to the author. He said, no, that, the idea of buying that would be so alien to me. <laughs> the idea that you wouldn't be a, a collaborative process. So Nick has done this incredible job on the Toto series, and then he was really chocker, um, and and it's a different series. So you know, we yeah, he thought we we should get a different illustrator as well. Mm -hmm. So he was completely appreciative of it. So it wasn't really my decision, but um, I would you know, uh, so her shit, my publisher said, well, you should meet Claire Claire Powell. So uh, they sent me some of Claire's work, and then me and Claire spoke. Um, she was incredibly busy, but we spoke online and we, we chatted on the phone. And, and so I started to send her, um, you know, a uh, rough kind of idea behind the book. And then immediately the stuff that came back was 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 spot on. And I'm quite a visual writer and I, I, I think about the scenes as I write them. You know, I, don't, I you know, I love, I love dialogue, but I and I'm not I'm not um, I don't have a. a you know, I love the aesthetic, but I don't have a director's touch or anything. So and I don't, certainly don't have an illustrator's touch, but in my head, I've got an idea <laughs> of how it looks. And both Nick and Claire have absolutely encompassed that. And also the, the, they have that clever thing that I think both illustrators and great art directors have, where you send your work in and you've got an idea in your head, oh, that'll be a good illustration, that'll be an illustration. But, you know, you want to listen to people with expertise and they always come back and go, the, the the kind of illustrations I think nine times out of ten are going to appear in the book. Um, they are far better versions. But it is either a massive fight scene or it's a big mister or and I I love this and also what what Claire and Nick have both done um, when they do you know big kind of scene setting is the peripheral characters who I'll just sort of name check, like for example, in the watering hole um, in sub-Saharan Africa, where Linus ends up um, signing up for the for, for the Royal Bird Force. I've just gone, you know, there's some meerkats there. There's like, there's a kind of entente cordiale between the crocodiles and everything. And then Claire just like, does this. And immediately I'm like, well, who's the giraffe? Like, <laughs> you know, and what's his story? And like, why, why is, there's an elephant there. Why is the other elephant looking a bit angry? And then you immediately go, anyway, that's my book. Why am I I'm asking my own questions about that's that I think is a great illustrator when he, when they make the author go, Oh, I am quite interested in that one's backstory. <laughs> <laughs> 
and she has quite because she, she's given you some uh, of the original drawings as well, Dom. And so she, her sort of style and way of doing it. Visual, Joe. We'll put some, we'll put some of these up on the uh, on our Instagram and and share them on the oh, socials. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're beautiful, aren't they? Because we, we we hooked up at Pickle Pepper uh, Books in Crouch End. I don't know if you know what a lovely bookstore that place is, and uh, and Claire had done the. Um, artwork in the window so she'd been all day she'd been painting the window which is up there for a month and then there's a present she says when she when she illustrates because she's an author herself but when she illustrates she gives these as a present so she's given me some of the original artwork there so oh that's, yeah that's stunning amazing. that nice yeah lovely and then another one this is like a scene where bertie bulldog the animal prime minister is chatting to <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the, the head of the RBF. And... I just love that RBF uniform. It's just so good. And Cressida, is this a, is this quite um, not unique? Is this way of doing illustrations sort of fallen out of fashion a bit? Do you think, or is this still how how the oh, you know, illustrators are working? The, um, the yeah, the, the the kind of the a lot of illustrations are done on screen, mm. um, but I I I really like. Um, drawing on the pe- pencil and then putting it in, into the screen. I think, I think with AI kind of taking off, <laughs> and we can use it taking over. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want it to take over. You have to be very clear who's in charge. Um, I, I think people, you like that human touch. It's like if I come to a bit, if I'm, I write on the computer now, but if I come to a bit that's an emotional bit, or if I come to a bit where I don't quite know what I'm doing. I go back to pencil on paper. You, human beings first, we first, that's the first thing that we use, isn't it? And mm. so um, for children, it's very child friendly to have pencil scribblings and, you know, and smudges in, in the books because it feels very inviting. It said, this is for me, this story is for me. Mm. So I think it makes the story feel more emotional. And we're, as human beings, we're very drawn um, to, Things with the human touch, um, so I think personally, <laughs> I think pencils and, and hand drawing things and it, you know it, it is is it's never going to die and people are no. gonna be, and people are going to be more drawn to it. Actually, I think there's going it's going to yeah. Um, it's so, definitely, I think it's, it's got a kind of touch of the vinyl about it, hasn't it, Joe? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh yes. Of you know, in the same way now, vinyl's never been more popular. Yeah, I think, I think there's something about that. With completely with, agree that, that way. Yeah, yeah, it's, I um, absolutely agree with that. Especially yeah. the world that seems more and more remote as we live through it, you know. Mm. And I, I think this is, why, this is why I don't think AI will take over because I just because you know, and this is probably going to sound quite naive, but I just think humans need humans. Yeah, and 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 and, and, and it's really interesting you talking about how. Because I draw the, draw all the illustrations for my books, and I'm now thinking, have I got a copy of this? Is on. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think about this. I, I can't show them. Bother. You know, it tells the emotional story. You know, when the when the boy is looking at his mother's letter in my story, and you can tell so much just by the tiny kind of you know the tiny differences in expression you can tell what he's feeling that mixture of emotions because human beings are so good at reading people's faces aren't they um particularly with kids um so that it doesn't become really really long <laughs> you can tell a whole, 
You can play, yeah. I mean, illustrations are so important. Well, send us a photo of it, Cressida, so we can we can share it. Uh, yes, you know. and I'll, t- I'll send you a photo yeah, of a really yeah. cute little magical creature that they have to rescue, the bad luck, good luck creature. Yes. Oh, please do. Yeah, so we can share it because it's fab. And before we do the book off, which is where each of you will get three minutes uninterrupted to tell us about a book you love, just before we do that, I do just want to mention... The 20th anniversary, Cressida, of your <laughs> How to Train Your oh. Dragon series, because you celebrated this in June, I think it was this year. And I am yeah. I honestly was like, it can't be 20 years. And I'm, I assume you must have thought the same thing. Oh, my goodness. No, I know. I cannot believe it. It feels <laughs> like flipping yesterday because it really should have been how to train your baby i wrote it when i just yeah, that's right, yeah. and it's like you know that moment when you think oh my goodness they're gonna let me out of hospital with a baby i know nothing about babies and so it was all intertwined with it could have been how to train your parent really it was all you know toothless was really it was the equivalent of my you know um dermot's got a three-year-old this was Casper. it was my three-year-old so when Hiccup was trying to get Toothless to go to bed or trying to you know it's all me talking to my three-year-old and and what kind of a parent do I want to be you know what Mm. you know that I was working all that out in you know so there's a real bittersweetness about suddenly realizing oh my goodness you know um 25 years you know it's 25. It's, it is 20 years of the book, but actually I started writing it um, uh, 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Yeah, it's amazing. But it must. It just must be amazing, though, to think about how, you know, the longevity of it, but also how many different people it's touched over the years, how many new new audience and readers it's brought yeah. in and things, you know, because it's, it's an incredible thing, really, <laughs> to, have, to have something that's lasted 20 years and become so much more than just the original oh, legacy, yeah. 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 yeah and it is and it's a funny it's a funny feeling as well because also i'm always writing about i'm always putting my heart out there so i'm always <laughs> it's always very personal so it's you know hiccup's father is really my father and hiccup is really you know it's my relationship with my father and it's quite strange to have that um you know, to have that, I'm always doing that. <laughs> um, uh, it's quite strange to have that um, uh, touching so many other people, such a very personal story. But and and even in you know which way to anywhere and which way around the galaxy, um, there are family. You know, there are things. You know, the the children and uh, the children in the story don't know that they're magic, and and a lot of their insecure, my personal insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> are coming out I through that story the, but, but you sort of have to do that it's a very it's a very i think if you're going to write anything that touches other people yeah. you do have to give quite a lot of yourself yeah um which is quite well it's quite revealing isn't it mm. <laughs> I mean, and so <laughs> uh, but but it's also it, it, it is it is um it is wonderful and really quite surprising mm. because I would say that How to Train Your Dragon was like a was was a was not and indeed me myself as a child 
were were not either the book or the child most likely to succeed. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I'll tell you what else is quite revealing, Cressida, is people's bookshelves and indeed people's, oh. people's recommendations of books. Oh, yeah. Which brings us to the book off. Uh, and this is, we always say this is a book that you think everyone should read. I don't use the, the phrase favourite book because I think that's in it. that's an impossibility. It's a book you think everyone should read that you want to sort of pass into, put into people's hands and things. Um, and as I said, it's it's three minutes uninterrupted. If you wish to use the three minutes, you don't have to, um, <laughs> to tell us about this book. So a just long be- time. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, some people find it, uh, they don't need the three, but you'll be surprised, Dermot. There's a lot of people who just think, oh, I don't, I'll only take a minute. And then, you know, they're still gabbing on. Um, there's a bit of admin to do before we launch into it because we always say the person who's travelled the furthest gets to decide if they go first or second. Now, I believe that this is Dermot because he's in North London and I'm in Brighton. I'm in nor- uh, North West London, but I think that Dermot is 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 more north than I am. Right, in which case I, I think Dermot gets to choose if he goes first or second. Oh, I'll go second. From the depths of North London. From the depths of North London, he's going second. Okay. As I said, you've got three minutes, but if you're still talking at the three-minute mark, you'll either be honked out by the bell or, uh, sorry, by the horn or rung out by the bell. Which would you like, Cressida? Are you going to honk me? I'll I'll do either one. Which one would you prefer? Okay, I'd like a, like a, like, can I choose, like, a polite cough or or a kind of, like a, a polite of cough. <laughs> I, we've never had we've never had anyone request a, a specific. But you're going to get a polite cough. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, you're 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 completely fine. welcome to that. Eyebrow. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you a polite cough. 
I want a polite cough as well. Okay, so no, no, no horn, no bell. No horn. Just polite coughs. Or even a polite horn. <laughs> I'm going to put three minutes on the clock, then, Cressida, for you. Okay. And just before we get it started, before I go, before I go talking about it, can I just say I have slightly cheated in the sense that I knew what Dermot was going to recommend before, because I think people should. Yeah, I know. So I chose something very completely opposite, deliberately. <laughs> and the reason why I did that is because I think that, you know, although I love the idea you said you're of choosing one book, I think that this is going to demonstrate how different people's book ideas of, you know, um, books are and how we need libraries in every school in the country. And, you know, so lots of lots of choice for adults and, and not, not just every school, but every also public. Library. Tell us the book before I start the timer. It's called The Joy Luck Club. All right. Three minutes on the clock. Over to you to tell us about The Joy Luck Club then, Cressida. The Joy Luck Club. The Joy Luck Club is um, about it. it OK, I'm going to do it's It's four mothers and four daughters. Four Chinese immigrant mothers and four of their daughters. And it's all, I could say, it's got gambling. <laughs> it's got history. It starts off, they're all around. The mothers are, are on the mahjong table. And so um, north, south, west, east. One of the mothers dies. So the daughter gets to sit at the table. And it's all about mother-daughter relationships and the stories of what happened to these women. So it's it's got a lot of Chinese history in it and about what happened in China, which I'm really interested in. But it's hugely readable and it's so moving about mother-daughter relationships. <laughs> but it's about parent-child relationships. Goodness, you know, you could be a bloke and you could read this. Why not? Yeah. Um, uh, but it is particularly about mother-daughter relationships. And it is stunningly written. I have no idea uh, about time. So I'm just going to read you a bit of it because that tells the story more. This is, so it's, 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 it's gripping, you know, the story of what happened to these women, you know, the mother women um, at, um, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the terrible things that happened in China during the Cultural Revolution is heartrending and also you know, fascinating if you don't know anything about China. Um, but also it's really moving about um, mother-daughter relationships. And I want you to read, this is the daughter talking about her mother, one of the daughters, because it's written, you know, eight people's point of view. I love that first person. Her secret weapons, her uncanny ability to find my weakest spots. This is a mother-daughter relationship. But the brief instant that I appeared over the barriers, I could finally see what was finally there. An old woman, a wok for her armour, a knitting needle for her sword, getting a little crabby as she waited patiently for her daughter to invite her in. And it's such a beautiful description of a mother-daughter, of a warring relationship, of how the daughter finally begins to understand her mother because they don't even talk the same language. You know, the daughters are immigrant, you know, Chinese, you know, in California. Um, and so they're not, you know, they're American. They're not speaking the same language, but it, it's about how the daughter suddenly discovers and sees things wrong. I mean, you almost cry when I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> uh, it. It's about how the daughters, you know, begin to see their mother's point of view. And it's also, anyway. Uh, there we are. Uh, um, Is, was that first? 
was that three minutes? Yes, you've done it. That was wow. it. Well and done. Hinted, Dermot, did I sell that to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, did I? Yes. Yeah. You did. I mean, it's largely, I mean, the, 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 the sorry, it's my cat. The, the mother-daughter thing. Hello, Toto. The mother-daughter thing. <laughs> Hello, Toto. <laughs> but also, um, the, the, yeah, the back, I the love books that have a backdrop in actual history. Yes, mm. me too. And I think you'll find this absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's a lot, it, 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 I Young Tang's Wild Swans is a you know, oh, absolutely desperate read about the same subject, true history. Um, but this is also, oh, it's and more. Remind us of the author, Cressida? Oh, Amy Tan. Amy Tan, that's right. Excellent. Well, it's a fabulous pitch you've done there. We'll, we'll come back and talk about it a little bit more, but you can have a little breather now. Because uh, after he stitched you up to go first, it's his turn now. He's, <laughs> he's got to come up with the goods and beat you. Um, yeah. <laughs> before I start the timer, Derbert, tell us the book that you're putting forward, if indeed well, it is a book. I think that would be part of three, three minutes. There's <laughs> 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 three books because they're all part of a trilogy, but I'll, let's, stick with, let's stick with the first, I suppose, which is uh, The Power of the Dog by, uh, by a man called Don Winslow. Ah, oh, fantastic. All right. There's three minutes back on the clock then, over to you to tell us about The Power of the Dog. So The Power of the Dog by Don Winslow is part of what they call the Dope War Trilogy, which are three books, The Power of the Dog, The Cartel and The Border. And they span basically two characters of opposing sides in a kind of Cain and Abel style relationship over 30 to 40 years, starting in the 70s and leading up to largely the present day. And... Don Winslow is really a Don Winslow is a really interesting author because he's done so many things. He's been everything from a theatre manager uh, through to a journalist. I think he's done a bit of private investigations. But he's uh, a, an expert in both um, the criminality and the legality of drugs in America and the and the officer and, and and the opioid crisis. And he's gone so deep into. It's basically if you've ever seen Narcos, uh, this is this is basically the, the book that I that, that, that should be made into a TV show or a movie. It's, it, it's, it goes into such detail. And the, and the collection of characters, so by, so by and large, Art Keller, who's a, 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 a Mexican-American um, detective, and uh, Aidan Barrera, who is, is basically um, the, the Mexican drug lord, and how they, they start to know each other at the start of 40 years and even get on to start with. And then through a period of time, um, Art comes on, is, is involved in Operation Condor in the 70s and the CIA, and then he becomes disillusioned and he just becomes fixated with this one man and it destroys his life, it destroys his family's life. And yet, but yet there's like little vignettes of other characters, uh, a gangster in New York, uh, a prostitute in Mexico who's trying to make her way in the world. And you follow these characters through decades. I always think a great book is when you feel like you're almost in mourning when a chapter finishes because you know that it's going to go on to another great character and another great scene but you're so invested in where you are you almost can't wait to get back there and then you become engrossed in like another chapter with another great character and this book is all three books are like that uh, and they never shy away from the horror of it so he never so Winslow never um he, he never, there's never, there's nothing ever gratuitous. There's nothing ever, uh, it's written with great sensitivity and, uh, and great knowledge and power. And it's, it's a, honestly, it's a, the, the three of them are brilliant reads and they're the sort of books that I would buy my friends for birthdays as in, you know, here's all three, go and immerse yourself in this world and, uh, and come back to me when you're finished. Fantastic. <laughs> as you're polite. 
that was at 238. Oh, 238. <laughs> brought it in under the wire just before the pips <laughs> you, sold, you sold it to me I oh that's so good honestly that's so good you see that's really and that yeah. also shows you the power of, of of selling in a book because i wouldn't necessarily have thought that that was for me but as soon as you were talking about following characters and family histories and people think oh, i'm so in there yeah he's great well, Don, Don Winslow's fantastic, isn't he? Um, and I loved what you said about sort of the morning of characters. And I think that is a sign of a great book is when you, you get to the end of a book or even a chapter and you're like, oh, I want more of them. I need to yeah. know more. I need to know they're okay sort of thing as well. Uh, it's a great, great sign of a brilliant book. Um, and Krista, I loved how you talked about Amy Tan's writing as well and that this book is you know, hugely readable. You said it was stunningly mm. written. And actually from that piece that you, you read, you know, that it's such a beautiful description as well. And I just think, wow, um, there must be, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know this book. So I think this is, this is one I've got to add to my list because it sounds absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's wonderful and heartbreaking at the same mm. time. You know, the histories of these women, I mean, you know, and the, the other one she wrote, Kitchen God's right, uh, Wife, I mean, uh, about, oh, my goodness, I don't know, I, it's a bit of a spoiler, so I don't know whether, but, you know, how she described them fleeing and she leaves all of her possessions along the way. And mm. it's just, and you know, it's true. It's yeah. true. This is fiction, but this is true. And it's it's so moving and, you know, brilliant. Mm. So, um uh, yeah, but it's also a cracking good read. I mean, yeah, and you exactly, will recognise yeah. you will recognise your the, the, the mother daughter or the child parent. You know, you, you, it's also about sort of you know the say, you know disapproving of the new son in law. You know, it's a human thing. As well, <laughs> all, all those things that we've all all experienced. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's all those good things. All yeah, I wish I'd written it. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but isn't that's it great to read a book song. and think, "I wish I'd written that." You yeah, know, that's a lovely thing. It. Pure professional. And journey. actually, I think writing—I mean, writing a, a trilogy is one thing. Writing a series, as you've both done, is a, is a big thing as well to to sort of sustain characters and stories over that time. But to have a sort of span of forty years, as you said, Dermot, in in the Dope War trilogy, of that being you know yeah. sustaining those characters across. Yeah, the a lifetime. That's yeah. such a skill, isn't it? Yeah. I loved the sound of both of these. Um, gosh, I mean, Dermot said you have to win, Cressida, because, you know, you've been so lovely to him. So uh, because they were both so brilliant, I'm I'm just going to take them both. Yes! I think I'm going to take them both. Yes! Call it a draw. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think that that's the, the fair outcome of both yeah. of these. Um, and I couldn't possibly uh, choose one between you. Um, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Uh, Wings of Glory by Dermot O'Leary is out now, as is Which Way Round the Galaxy by Cressida Cal. They're both published by Hachette. And what a joy to spend this time with you. Uh, best of luck with those books and hope to see you in person sometime soon. Thank you so Thank you. much. Thank you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.